Okay, then we will continue. Uh, we talked in the last session about faith and how our uh, how Christianity is a it's a faith based religion, but it's not a faith that is intellectual. Uh, it's a faith that is based on revelation, which is deeper than just kind of I believe there will be nice weather tomorrow or. Uh, I believe there is a God somewhere or no it, it is a knowing it's uh, we, we read Hebrews 11 3 which says that faith is the evidence or some translation says that faith is the assurance people have saving faith when they move from believing that there is a God to knowing that Jesus is real and they get that knowing when they encounter him. I can read a lot about uh, Donald Trump, but I don't really know him until I have met him. I can know a lot of facts about him, but this knowing, this, this knowing him requires that I actually meet him. And in meeting him, I get to know him not only know about him, but now I get to know the person of Donald Trump. That's the same how it is with Jesus. I can read a lot about Jesus and I can choose to believe what I read. But real faith starts when I actually meet him. And when I, when I meet him, then a knowing happens where maybe all the things that I have read, I can say, oh yeah, that's true. That's what the Bible says there and there. Or maybe I realize, oh yeah, that is true. That's what I read in this book, that Jesus is like this and this. So yes, the, the, the knowledge is good. But what my faith is built upon is not upon the books that I have read, but it's built upon this relationship that I have with Jesus Christ. So what we will look at now is we will try to take a look at what is faith because it's very clear when we read the New Testament that our faith is based on or our uh, being a Christian the, the foundation for the Christian faith is faith uh, some might say uh, that we are saved uh, by grace and that's true to, to, if, you, if, you, uh, if you understand how to say the meaning of grace and understand what the, what the Bible says, in some sense we are saved by grace. But I want you to see that the, the medicine, to put it in those terms, the medicine that saves me is not grace, but it's faith. And even though that might seem like a small uh, difference it's it's a very important difference because if grace was the medicine that saved me then everybody would be saved then satanists would be saved and buddhists would be saved and hindus would be saved because god is grace that's part of his nature he is gracious towards everyone but the bible is very clear that what saves us is faith and maybe you are now thinking, well, doesn't Hebrew 2.8 say that we are saved by grace? And I would say, no, it doesn't say that. You think it says that because you haven't really read the scriptures. 
But if you read what it says, and sorry to offend if somebody gets offended, but let me read it for you and you will see it for yourself. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, for, for by grace you have been saved. And you say, oh yeah, see, it says by grace. Now you have to finish the verse before you interrupt me. I know that you were interrupting me in your thoughts now. <laughs> it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So Paul is not saying that it's grace that saves me, but he says that, that I now have the opportunity of being saved through faith that is by grace. So if I give you, if I have the medicine for your sickness and I give you the medicine, it is the medicines that saves you, but maybe you don't, need, maybe you don't deserve that I give you the medicine, but still I give it to you. Why? Because I'm gracious. So God, when he looks at me, he sees that Ronald, he does not deserve to be saved only by believing in my son. But guess what? I'm gracious. I'm full of mercy. So I will extend the grace to him too, that he also can experience my salvation through faith. In the Old Testament, they had the law. They had to keep certain requirements and sacrifices and do certain things in order to have the right relationship with God. Now that is dead works. That, that's not the way to do it anymore. Now we get saved through faith in Jesus Christ. We don't deserve that. So it is by grace. This becomes very clear uh, when you read uh, Romans 5, 1 and 2. Because there Paul is saying, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope and, uh, of glory of God. So he says that it is by faith I can access the grace that I need. So grace is absolutely, it, it is how to say, it is by grace that I'm saved. Yes, if you understand that grace is not the medicine that saves me. Grace just means that I didn't deserve it. But still, I get it. That is what grace means. Undeserved favor. So I don't deserve the medicine. But God has given me a key that unlocks the medicine uh, cabinet. So when I use the key that God has given me, which is faith, I can lock, unlock the medicine and I can receive grace. So Paul is saying that through whom we also have access by faith into this grace. So we are saved by faith. We don't deserve it, but still we get it. And that is by grace. And you know, the Bible is full of examples telling that it's faith. Faith is uh, the key 
John 3.16 that you probably know. For so God loved the world that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. John 1.12 As many as believed in him, he gave the right to become the children of God. All through the Bible, it is very clear that the thing that saves us is faith. Galatians 2.16 Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we believe in Christ that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Romans 3.28 Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Very good scripture is Romans 1.16 that many know. We can read also verse 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And now listen in verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we see it again and again in the Bible that what my, what my relationship with God rests upon is not my understanding of Christian doctrines, is not my ability to study theology, is not that I have all the right dogmas and creeds and doctrines. What my faith rests upon is faith in a person. What was the revelation that Peter had got? You are the Messiah, the Son of God. He didn't mention anything about theology in that statement, except that Jesus, you are God. And Jesus says, that knowing, because that, that was more than some vague belief that Peter had. That was, you are the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, that is something that the Father reveals to you. James 2.19, people say, I am a Christian because I believe in God. James, he says, good, even the devil believes in God. Doesn't make, you know, James 2.19, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even demons believe and tremble. So just believing that there is a God doesn't save you. Unless that belief turns into revelation faith, where, where you believe not in doctrines and creeds, but where you believe because you have had a personal encounter with Jesus. This is so important that we understand. And this is, this is where we understand. Because, uh, for instance, Martin Luther, when he was reading the letter of James, he had big problem. He did not. Actually, Martin Luther, he wanted to remove the letter of James from the Bible. Because he, he thought that the letter of James was contradicting what Paul was saying about salvation by faith alone. But the, the reason why he believed that was because he didn't really understand 
the whole concept of biblical faith. Because biblical faith is not a mental uh, understanding of something that you accept. Biblical faith is the assurance of something. I've heard a very good illustration of faith. Uh, it's a story about a man who walks in the mountains and as, as he walks in the mountains suddenly he slips, he falls and as he is tumbling down the, the mountainside he managed to grab a hold of a stick. So he's holding on to the stick and he looks down and he can see that it's very far down. And he looks up, he can see that, oh no, I'm not able to get up. And he hangs there for a long time, like, what am I going to do? I cannot let go, because then I fall down and I cannot climb up. So he starts to cry out, is there anyone up there? Is there is somebody who can hear me? And he shouts out, please, is there somebody up there? And suddenly God answers him and says, yes, I am here. And, oh, thank you. Uh, can you help me? And God says, yes, just let go. And he looks down. Is there anybody else up there? <laughs> kind of like, he, he understood. God said let go. But he looked down and wondered like, ah, uh, God, I believe in you, but I'm not sure if I believe that much in you that I want to let go, not knowing what's underneath. But that's a very good illustration of faith. Many people, they are in this position they would, where they would say, yes, God, I believe in you, until God tells them to do something that they don't understand. Then suddenly, ah. But you know, the thing is that this revelation faith, this knowing, there are, it is impossible to separate biblical faith from your lifestyle. And this is what many people misses when it comes to faith. Because they think I can be a Christian because I believe in God, I believe in the Bible, I, I believe in the church, and then I can live in sin, and I can still call myself a Christian because I believe in Jesus. And I believe in grace, I believe in forgiveness for sin, I believe in all of these things. So even though I live in sin, I still can call myself a Christian. Because I believe. But you know, then, then you haven't really understood because with when you understand faith, as Hebrews 11 1 talks about faith being the assurance of things hoped for, then you understand that it would be impossible. Like for instance, when I came here today, I had I had told Abraham, I will be at the bus stop at five. If I came and Abraham was not there, I would understand, well, he could be late, but still, you know, if, if Abraham didn't show up, I would understand either he didn't believe me or he didn't take me seriously. Because if he didn't come, it could be that he, now nah, Ronald will not come anyway, so never mind. It will. It, it doesn't matter. Well, that could be one reason. Or maybe he just simply said, well, it's not so important. I, I told Ronald I would be there at five, but it's not so important. I'll just skip today. 
then I would understand he doesn't take me seriously. Because him believing, so to say, in me, made him to be there at the time that we had agreed upon. In the same way, if I'm standing in the road and you are shouting to me, if Mateus is shouting to me, Ronald, there comes a car, get out of the road. And I turn around to, to Matthew and say, I believe in you, Matthew. Yes, that's good. I believe, I even have a t-shirt with your name on. He was like, are you stupid? Are you, if I kept standing in the road, he would understand, I don't really believe him. Because if I really believed him, I would do something. It would be impossible for me to really believe him and not act upon what he said. Unless I was suicidal and wanted to die, then maybe I would keep standing in the road. But I think, I think you get my point. It would be impossible for me to believe what he said and not respond to it. Then I wouldn't really have faith. But if I really had faith, there would be a response to it. So when people say, I believe in Jesus, my next question will be, can I see it in your response to how, to what he says? Jesus says, I'm the only way to God. I don't really, I believe in Jesus, but nah, I, don't, I don't really believe in that. Jesus said, forgive your enemies. Forgive those who have hurt you. Yeah, I believe in Jesus, but you know, I mean, I cannot just forgive people when they hurt me. I mean, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. I will be, I cannot do that. Then people will hit me all the time, you know. I won't do that. Well, do you believe in Jesus or not? If I ask you, do you believe in Darwin? Charles Darwin, the founder of uh, the evolution theory. Some will say yes. Some will say no. If you say no. If I ask you, so you don't believe that Charles Darwin have existed? He will say, of course I believe he exists. I know he has existed. I just don't believe him. If I ask you, you do, do you believe in Donald Trump? Or now I guess I should say Joe Biden. Some people will say yes. If you say no, I don't believe in Joe Biden. I believe he is just another politician. We cannot trust what he says. I don't believe him. If I ask, so you don't believe he exists? Of course I believe he exists. But I don't believe in him. I don't believe in what he has said. I don't believe that he is trustworthy. When we talk about faith in Jesus, we are not, it's, it's not, we are not asking, do you believe that Jesus exists? We are living in year 2021 after Christ. Of course, Jesus has exists. I mean, that's kind of like a no-brainer. We have a timeline after him. I'm not asking you whether you believe Jesus is real. I'm asking you, do you trust him? Do you count Jesus to be trustworthy? Because that's the faith that will save you, not whether you believe he is real or not. And that's the faith. That's why James, as I started to talk about, he has he, he writes something about faith that Martin Luther had a big problem really grasping. Let me read. 
You can read the whole passage if you want later. I'll just pick out some verses. So I will read James 2 and I will read verse 14, 17, 20, 22, 24 and 26 just for the sake of time. But you can read the whole context if you want yourself. So James is saying, What does it profit, my brethren, if somebody says he has faith but does not have work, works. Can faith save him? And Martin Luther would say, heresy, get that letter out of the Bible. And then he continued, then James continued. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? Now he's talking about Abraham. And he says, do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. Did you get that? By works, faith was made perfect. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. And again, Martin Luther will go, you see, he is totally contradicting Paul. You need to get that letter out of the Bible. But God chose to have it in. And that is more important than what Martin Luther said. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. You know, I saw this picture on Facebook some time ago where it says, faith didn't save Noah, obedience did. And of course, that's kind of like, you know, two sides of the same story. But you know, it's true. Noah could have heard God says, there is coming a flood. And he could have said, I believe you, God. That's great. Okay. Sorry, but I don't have time to build an ark. But yes, I, I believe you, God. And he would have died, even though he believed. What was it that saved him? That he actually built the ark. If I was standing in the road and Matthew was shouting to me, Ronald, there is coming a car. Get out of the road. It's not my faith in what Matthew said that saved me. But it is my response to what he said that saves me. It's not me believing that Jesus is real that saves me, but it's my response to what Jesus says. And when I really encounter him, I will respond with repentance, with obedience. So James is not saying here that we are saved by keeping the law or that we James is not talking about a work-based salvation here. He's just saying that the proof that I really believe what Matthew was saying is not found in me showing thumbs up and say, yes, hey, I believe in you, Matthew. The proof is found in how I respond to what he says. Because that's the key of faith. That's where Works makes faith perfect. So I get saved 
my faith in Matthew turns into perfection when I respond in obedience to what he says. Many people, they have faith in God, but their faith has not resulted in obedience to what he says. That's why if you read in Matthew 7, 21, Jesus is talking about those who say, but have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done this and this and this in your name? And Jesus says, get out. And he said, why? You who practice lawlessness. They believed in Jesus, but they practiced lawlessness. They called Jesus Lord, but their works did not correspond to what they believed. And because there was no works there, their faith had not been made perfect. When we talk about faith in God, we are talking about a faith that results in certain actions, a lifestyle, faith that responds to what he says. And in that response, our faith is being made alive. Sometime earlier, I think I talked about that, how, how, how faith is being activated when it's being put together with, our, with the right response. I am saved when I repent and I turn to God with humbleness. God, I cannot make it on my own. He gives me the faith in my heart. And when that faith turns into the right response of obedience, then salvation happens. There is a lot more we could say, but we will end for now. Um, but I would encourage you to read James 2 to get the whole context and understand that faith is made perfect through my response to that faith. Amen.